Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So, if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So, if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So, let's get started. Today we're in the book of uh, Isaiah. We'll be looking at chapter 32 and 33. And uh, as McGee says, um, you know, this book of Isaiah is an ominous warning for all the people in Israel, for the northern kingdom, for the southern kingdom, the judgment is coming on them. This is sort of an immediate judgment coming on them for their for their wickedness. God's going to use the Assyrians to capture the northern kingdom. He's going to use the Babylonians to capture the southern kingdom. And both these kingdoms will fall. Uh, and the people will, uh, many of them will perish uh, during these battles. Um, but many of them will be taken into captivity. And many of them will die in captivity. But a remnant of them, well, those that have hearts for the Lord, God, the Lord will preserve and then they will come back. And then he will reestablish them. Okay, he will reestablish the nation. But also on another level, he's talking about he will reestablish the nation when the Lord himself returns in that day, in the day of the Lord. So there's kind of like parallel um, prophecies here. This sort of this immediate judgment and then this judgment in the end times. And it's also a prophecy towards us too. It's a call for us to repent and return to Him. Just as the people are returning back to the land, we need to return back to the teachings that we heard when we uh, when we veer off and when we are following our own path rather than the paths of our Lord. So God is speaking to us too through Isaiah. Now, intermixed in these, these kind of solemn, sober prophecies are these promises of this kingdom reestablished and it's all we also have this kingdom reestablished um, we also have this promise to the people in more immediate terms that he will preserve uh, their you know some of their uh, 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 people um, that the nation will not perish uh, so the kingdom itself will be reestablished on earth as well. And again, it's speaking to us too that this is foreshadowing of the coming of the Lord Christ. So um, a very uh, hopeful uh, tone is being hit today in verse 32 uh, because it's talking about Jesus. 
verse uh, chapter 32 verse 1 behold a king will reign in righteousness and princes will rule in justice each will be like a hiding place from the wind so jesus will be this king this righteousness and this justice will come under his rule verse 2 each will be like a hiding place from the wind a shelter from the storm that's what jesus is he gives us that um, that ability to uh, keep us safe, like streams of water in a dry place, like shade of a great rock in a weary land. All of these things are characteristics of the protection that we have in Christ from the evil of this world. Verse three: Then the eyes of those who will who see will not be closed, and the ears of those who hear will give attention. Okay, so there's going to be this period of great revelation when people are finally going to understand that Jesus is sovereign over everything. And the heart of the hasty will understand and know, and the tongue of the stammers will hasten to speak distinctly. Okay, so people's hearts are finally going to be set right. They're finally going to keep their heart on the Lord their eyes are finally going to be fixed on him their ears are finally going to be listening to what he has to say why because as it says in verse 5 the fool will be no more called noble nor the scoundrel said to be honorable so finally no more hypocrisy God's going to call out the true nature of man we're not going to look up to the fool anymore for the fool speaks folly and his heart is busy with iniquity to practice ungodliness to utter error concerning the lord and to leave the craving of the hungry <clears throat> unsatisfied we see so many fools today on tv on television in the movies in politics and they're just they're put they're boasting in themselves their pride and their egos are all over the place and their lifestyle is completely ungodly. Their heart's not on Christ. <clears throat> and these are fools that speak folly and do nothing but utter wrong things, false things, error concerning the Lord. You see it today in the schools and the colleges. These guys out there trying to teach evolution that that's supposed to be science and that we are uh, no better than animals. They teach it their own craving is fact. And to deprave the thirsty of drink. In other words, they deprave those who would otherwise become educated in the Lord's way of being able to have the, the water from the Lord. Truth from the Lord. So one thing a fool likes to do is drag everybody with him down. That's one thing a fool likes. And um, his devices are evil. He plans wicked schemes to ruin the poor with lying words, even when the plea of the needy is right. Okay? So fools love to drag everybody down, and they don't care who goes down with them. As long as they're lofted up, they're acknowledged, they love to play the, the noble role. They love to, 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 to be portrayed as honorable and noble 
when all they are are foolish. Finally, one good thing, one of the many good things about the Lord coming is we don't have to put up with fools anymore. There's just something inside. I don't know about you, but me, when I hear foolish talk, it just rubs me the wrong way because you know they're being hypocritical. And finally, our Lord will even take care of that. Verse 9, Rise up, you women who are at ease. Hear my voice, you complacent daughters. Give ear to my speech. In little more than a year you will shudder, you complacent women. For the grape harvest fails and the fruit harvest will not come. Tremble, you women who are at ease. Shudder, you complacent ones. Strip and make yourselves bare and tie sackcloth around your waist. Why is he talking like this? As McGee says, the women are warned of disaster coming. And as McGee points out, he speaks directly to the women because he thinks that the women sense danger in ways that men don't sense danger. They know that food's not going to be there. Children are going to be hungry. Bad things are coming. And if you're like at ease right now or just complacent, you know, what are you putting your faith in? What are you putting your trust in? Are you putting the trust in the Lord of the living or the world of the dead? He's, he's warning the women. This place is going to be forsaken. And then it's dropped down to 15. Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high. He's talking about now Christ, the Spirit of Christ. And the wilderness becomes a fruitful field. And the fruitful field is deemed a forest. So in other words, what you think is bad and worthless, God's going to produce fruit there. And what you think is valuable, this fruitful field, is going to be deemed nothing but a forest. Nothing that produces anything worth eating. Nothing that you can grow and depend on to keep yourself alive or keep yourself going. So it's talking about the coming of the Lord. The Lord's going to bring judgment and woe to people who don't understand it. Because what you think is valuable is going to be worthless one day. Now we'll drop down to chapter 33. Lord, be gracious to us. Ah, you destroyer, verse 1. Who yourself have not been destroyed, you traitor, whom none has betrayed. When you have ceased to destroy, you will be destroyed. And when you have finished betraying, they will betray you. Um... My study Bible uh, is saying that this is talking about Assyrian. And uh, McGee uh, indicates that as well. So he's talking about the Assyrians that are going to be coming in momentarily in the immediate history, the immediate prophecy. This is a prophecy that says that the Assyrians, woe to them, because they're, they're going to come in and attack the northern kingdom and they're going to destroy it. This is the immediate prophecy. But what's going to happen after that is, again, God's laying down His marker. He's saying, after, after I use the Assyrians to punish my people in the northern kingdom, after that, then I'll deal with the Assyrians and I'll punish them. So God is sovereign. And again, as we've said, history is not 
the history of the story of man's activities on a national level or what people are doing. It's God working out God's will on earth as it is in heaven. That's history. God is sovereign over every nation, every decision, and even sometimes when it looks like the nations are hurting one another or hurting the good people. God's using them to do things. So yes, God is sovereign even over World War II or some of those terrible, terrible times. God's sovereign over everything. He's working out His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <clears throat> That's history. O Lord, be gracious to us. Verse 2, we wait for you. Be our arm every morning, our salvation in time of trouble. This call to lean on the Lord no matter what. Verse 7, behold, their heroes cry in the streets. The envoys of peace weep bitterly. The highways lie waste. The travelers ceases. Covenants are broken. Cities are despised. There is no regard for man. So, again, a picture of <clears throat> possibly the immediate prophecy of the devastation that's going to happen when the Assyrians come in. Doesn't matter who your heroes are or who your ambassador in envies of peace are, your great highways, your great travelers, your great covenants, your great cities. It's all going to be laid to waste. Down in verse 13, Here, you who are far off, what I have done, and you who are near, acknowledge my might. Whether you're far or near, you're going to have to acknowledge the Lord's sovereignty. Verse 14, The sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling has seized the godliness. Who among us can dwell with the consuming fire? Who among us can dwell with everlasting burnings? He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, who despises the gain of oppression, who shakes his hand lest they hold a bribe, So it's saying, this is so bad. Who can even survive this? It's the one who tries to live righteously, who walks righteously and who speaks uprightly. Who shakes his hand lest they hold a bribe. In other words, he's checking himself who's, you know, to make sure his heart is pure. Who shakes his hand lest they hold a bribe. Who stops his ears from hearing a bloodshed and shuts his eyes from looking on evil. That, the first thing that comes to my mind there is stop watching TV sometimes if it's nothing but evil stuff on TV or just the sinful natures of what TV does. You don't have to look at it. You don't have to listen for it. You don't have to participate in everything the culture throws at you. Verse 16, He will dwell on the heights his place of defense will be at the fortress of rocks. His bread will be given him. His water will be sure. Your eyes will behold a king in his beauty. So who can do all this? Well, it's kind of rhetorical. He's talking about Christ. Christ is the one. 
Christ is the one who can who can dwell and bring order to all this bloodshed, this this sinful wickedness. He will dwell on the heights. So talking about Christ and down we'll drop down to verse 32 for the Lord is our judge the Lord is our lawgiver the Lord is our king he will save us he's our judge he's our lawgiver he's our king so this um, this is sort of this uh, call to the judgment and the uh, the just judge coming. We've got all kinds of oppression out there. We've got all kinds of things that are ominous out there. But the good thing, the good thing in all this, is that there is a good and just God. There is a good and just King. The personification of that God is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ not only is sovereign over all this, but He is so just in His ways that we have that to look forward to. We have His rule, His dominion, and His ability to right all these wrongs for us. What a lot what a just a tremendous promise to look forward to as we live our day today, as we go out in the world today, as we have to as we have to deal with the politicians and we have to deal with the the, the liberal mindset of where moral relative relativism takes the day today. There's no moral right or wrong. Everything is judged by um, foolish behavior, behavior that just brings the result that the fool wants to bring. There's, there's, the fool will never measure himself by something that is everlasting. It's always the fool's opinion is what the fool's morality is. And that's the hypocrisy of our day. As we live that day-to-day, as we live this day-to-day, I just pray that we can keep the Lord's Word as our constant morality, as the Lord's Word as our understanding of history, of our understanding of our place in the world. It's the Lord's Word that is sovereign. It's the Lord's will that is being done on earth as it is in heaven. And I just pray that we can draw strength from these words. That God is working out His purposes and His plan in the world, among the nations, and in our hearts as well. So for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ, and I'll see you next time. And now I'll turn the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, as always, I hope you're doing well. Can't wait to hear what you are having to say on this, and take it away. Hello. 
Hello, so today's teaching is starting from Isaiah chapter 32 all the way to Isaiah chapter 33, verse 24. So here, in from chapter 32 to chapter 35, we saw the progression in prophecy of the coming of the King, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, and we saw the tribulation and the Spirit. So, um, you know, in, the, in these chapters, we have seen the six woes of Jerusalem and um, God's people. And, um, you know, and how, um, you know, according to prophecy, how this, um, can be translated and adapted in, um, our modern day lives today where the rubber meets the road. So, um, from, ver from, from in chapter 32, from verses one to eight, we see the person of the king who is to reign, um, introduced so the chapter, um, you know, is a bright note um, between the fifth and the sixth row. So um, it's a ray of light um, for, of God's people in a dark place in that day. So that day, which is the day of the Lord. So um, it's it's some bright notes, um, you know, words of comfort and, and um, um you know, a ray of, of hope that, you know, our, uh, you know, the light is coming, um, you know, in, in that, in that particular dark day. So the Lord Jesus Christ is introduced again, um, at a point, um, um, for, you know, we can't have, you know, at this particular point, you know, in the day, you know, during the woes when, um, God's people are judged. So, we can't have a millennium or a blessing on earth without Christ. So, verse 1 of chapter 32 goes on to read, Behold, a king will reign in righteousness, and princes will rule with justice. So, the king um, is Jesus Christ, and, um, you know, the character of his reign is righteousness, and um, the world has never had um, a kingdom like this. You know, in today's present world, we see... Um, the thing that is sought of the most is peace, but the only person who can bring peace is, uh, is, is, is the, um, the Prince of Peace, which is um, the Lord Jesus Christ. First two goes on to read, a man will be hide, a man will be as a hiding place from the wind and a cover from the tempest as rivers of water in a dry place as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. So here it's talking about, you know, the king who's going to reign in righteousness, he will be a man as a hiding place from the wind. So he's going to be our rock, you know, he's going to be um, our cover from the tempest um, as a river that never runs dry. So this um, is talking about the Savior, our Savior. You know, he's a Savior, he's a king, um, and he bore the judgment of sin for all of us, and he is our rock and he's our salvation. Um, and... You know, what describes him best, if we go back to Isaiah chapter 26, verse 4, which reads, um, Trust in the Lord forever, for in you, for in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. So, you know, he's our rock. We should turn to him because he's our strength and he's the Prince of Peace. He will reign in righteousness. So, um, dropping down to, um, I just read through um, verse 4. Four and five, um, it reads. Sorry, um, let me just go back to verse three. It reads, uh, "The eyes of those who see will not, um, 
verse 3, yeah. The eyes of those who see will not dim, will not be dim, and the ears of those who hear will listen. So, um, you know, at that time when the Lord Jesus Christ comes to reign, they shall be spiritual understanding given to God's people. So, you know, today, if we look, you know, there is no spiritual understanding. A lot of people tend to just read, you know, a verse and not the whole chapter and not the whole Bible. And, and they don't understand it. They don't have spiritual understanding. They just pick out that particular um, sentence or phrase that they read. So today you find, you know, um, there's no spiritual understanding. The moral values have gone. Society teaches less of moral values because people are too afraid to speak out and to be that um, different person from the rest of the crowd. So um, there is no moral value. But in that day when the Lord Jesus Christ reigns, you know, the eyes of those, um, the eyes of those who see will not be dim, you know, which means we will not lack, we will not, um, be spiritual, spiritually malnourished and the ears of those who hear will listen. So, um, Christ will rule with a high moral standard in all righteousness and in, in, um, with a lot of justice and, um, um, you know, this immorality that we tend to see in our modern day present life today will be no more. So scripture goes on to also the heart of the rash will understand knowledge and the tongue of the stammers will be ready to speak plainly. So in that day, you know, everything will be um, spoken in clear, plain terms. And, you know, they will not be this moral decay that we see here today uh, because people, God's people, will be spiritually enlightened. Um, and, um, and um, yeah, um, they will live uprightly. Verse 5, <laughs> Scripture goes on to read, The foolish person will no longer be called generous, nor the miser said to be bountiful. So here, you know, if we look at our modern setup today, um, you know, the foolish person, the, 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 the you know, um, yeah, the foolish person. So the vile person shall not be called, lib you know, a liberal because today, you know, you have a lot of vile, rich people who feel, you know, they can say and do anything because, um, you know, they're rich and they control um, the money, they control the economy. And um, today we have... Um, as Dr. J.B. McGee put it, the limousine liberals. So these are the rich. So, um, you know, in that day, the fully, the, you know, they will no longer be called generous. And um, in that day, a vile person will not be called a liberal. Everything in that day will be seen as it is in its true colors. You know, there'll be no more putting on a front. There'll be no more hypocrites. Um, you know, the mask of hypocrisy will be taken out. So, um, this is what this, um, scripture is talking about. So just read through, through uh, verse six, goes on to read for the foolish person will speak foolishness and his heart will work iniquity to practice, um, ungodliness, to utter error against the Lord, to keep the hungry and satisfied. And he will cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. Also, the schemes of the schemer are evil. He devises wicked plans to destroy the poor with lying words, even when the needy speak justice. So here, you know, you find today there's a lot of schemes and there's a lot of programs, you know, for the poor, but nothing goes out to the poor. But in that day, the day of the Lord, you know, all these things will be seen 
as they are, you know, plainly in plain sight. You know, that foolish person, the foolish vile person, you know, who who is a liberal today will be a foolish person. So, um, verse 8 goes on to read, But a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. So here, you know, when Christ comes to reign, they will be a good sense of morality. This moral decay we see right now will be no more. Verse 9 goes on to read, Rise up, you women who are at ease. Hear my voice, you complacent daughters. Give ear to my speech. So here, um, you know, before Christ comes, there will be a preceding time of trouble. That's the time of tribulation. And, um, you know, in verse 9 we see, you know, why does... Um, you know, why does the Lord say this? So, you know, us as women today, or rather just as women, we have this sixth sense um, where we are more um, sensitive to to danger and we can easily um, read people's, um, you know, we can read people's characters. We can be a judge of character. But in that day, you know, um, you will f we will find a situation where... Um, women are less sensitive. You know, the day will, will you know, will come when, um, you know, um, you you find um, God says that even the womanhood in that day will be insensible and they won't recognize the danger that's actually coming. So women will be dead even while they live in, you know, the pleasures of life. But, you know, they will be dead to, 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 to the dangers that are, um, befall them. So, here we see from verse um, 10, the third division. So, this is the promise of the Spirit to be um, poured out in the last days. So, um, I'll just drop down quickly to verse 15, which reads, um, Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field and the fruitful field is counted as a forest so here um you know the spirit is going to be poured out but when will the spirit be poured out um so this is in the millennium when christ will reign so um you know every knee shall bow um you know and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But in that time, you know, there's going to be a time of testing when, you know, some knees will not bow. And, um, but this is going to be the greatest time um, in spiritual blessings and, um, you know, in, 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 in the turning of, of Christ. So um, this looks forward to the coming kingdom. So um, the... Before the before Christ comes, there's going to be this time of testing, and you know, when Christ comes, there's going to be a lot of spiritual blessings because the Spirit is going to be poured out. Okay, so I'll just read through down and finish off Scripture, um, which goes on to read, um, "Then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. The work of the righteous will be peace and." The effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. I drop down to verse 20, which reads, Blessed are you who sow beside all water, who send out freely the feet of the ox and the donkey. So here, you know, if you go on and sow the good seed, which is Christ's word out there, 
blessed is that person because you know when Christ comes you know the Holy Spirit will be poured out and we shall see spiritual blessings then so chapter 33 here we see the sixth and final woe which is pronounced which is pronounced upon those who spoil God's people and the land of Israel um, in that day uh, that's coming and also in the day of um, Isaiah so here in chapter 34 um, the battle, we see the battle of Armageddon in chapter 35, the kingdom that's coming. So here, verse 1 of chapter 33 reads, uh, Woe to those who plunder, though you have not been plundered, and you who deal treacherously, though they have not dealt treacherously with you. When you cease plundering, you will be plundered, and you make an end of the de of dealing treacherously. They will deal treacherously with you. So here it's basically God saying, you, know, you shall reap what you saw. You're a plunderer. You sow plundering. You you reap plundering. Or you sow plundering, you shall reap uh, plundering. So here, you know, um, it's basically talking about, you know, um, in that day, you know, when the day of judgment comes, um, all those who, 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 who actually... Um, did something against God's children um, and, and, and something against the teaching of the Lord will definitely uh, reap what they sowed. So the prayer of the remnants um, for deliverance, this is in verse 1. So Isaiah is putting on a great principle that God has always operated on from the day that man sinned. And that principle is put in... Um, um, and, 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 you know, what that principle is actually about, sorry. Um, so here, if we go to the book of Galatians, uh, this is God's principle, which was stated in uh, the book of Galatians, chapter 6, ver sorry, chapter 6, verse 7, which reads, um, Do not be deceived. Um, sorry, let me just read that. It reads, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. So here... This is God's principle. So you spoil my people, I spoil you. This is what Isaiah was actually prophesying. So the spoiler is um, Sana Karim. Um, he came against Jerusalem during his reign, um, during the reign of sorry, Hezekiah, and this prophecy was fulfilled um, in that day. So you spoil my people and you spoil my land, I spoil you. So God said, avenge not yourselves. So, you know, let... Um, the Lord be our avenger. Let's not um, take on our enemies, just leave them to the Lord. So, um, when we move on to chapter, or to verse 2 of um, chapter 33, which reads, um, O Lord, be gracious to us. We have waited for you. Um, be there. Um, every morning, our salvation, also in the time of our trouble. So here we see a prayer uh, in view of that which is coming. So, you know, his remnants are actually praying, you know, and um, praying that God should always be there for them um, every morning and um, in their time of trouble. So um, dropping down to verse 7 and 8. Um, which reads, Surely their valiant ones shall cry outside, the ambassadors of peace shall weep bitterly, the highways lie waste, 
the traveling man seizes. He has broken the covenant. He has despised the cities. He regards no man. So here, you know, the plaintiff um, is crying. Um, you know, the plaintiff, oh, sorry, excuse me. The plaintiff cry of the ambassadors um, who have failed um, in their mission. So the ambassadors who uh, wanted to bring peace um, have actually failed. So um, this is something we can learn from. Um, you know, the League of Nations before the United Nations was there. And before this, there was a peace conference and um, in The Hague. And while this was taking place, Germany declared World War One, and um, and then there was World War Two. So um, you know all these bodies and organizations that um, they try to that rise up and try and bring peace on earth. Um, they just don't work without God because um, they leave God out of their plans because God is the only one who can restore peace here on earth. And um, you know despite all these, now we have the United Nations and they still war in um, a lot of countries. So, um, moving on to, um, I'll just drop down to verse, quickly drop down to verse 13, mm, which says, Here you who are afar off what I have done, and you who are near acknowledge my might. So here, um, this is the third division, and it's a petition for all the people to consider God's dealings. So recognize God today, you know, in all our dealings, um, you know, ambassadors of peace today on earth. They ambassadors of peace. They want to restore peace in different countries, different nations, um, but they leave God out of their plans. So um, here, this third division is a petition for everyone, all the people here on earth, to actually recognize God in everything that they do in order for plans to succeed. If you leave God out, um, well, stuff just doesn't work. You know, God has said, you know, um, it's either you're for God or you're against God. You cannot be in between. There is no lukewarm with God. So verse 13, verse, sorry, verse 14 goes on to read, um, The sinners of Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has seized. The hypocrites who are among you shall dwell with the devouring fire. Who among you shall dwell with everlasting burning? So here, um, you know, the sinners of Zion are those people in Israel who are not Israel. You know, who are just against God's people, who are against God. So they are godless Israelites and, and they are also godless Gentiles. So um, our God is um, a consuming fire. Um, not the fire that's referred to in the lake of fire in Revelations. No, our God is that consuming fire. He is a holy God and intends to judge. You know, God, he doesn't want to come up and judge us, but because we bring it upon ourselves. So um, there is a lot of, um, you know, godlessness in, um, you know, in that land of Israel today. You know, it's not moved by the Spirit um, today, you know, as compared to back in the day. There's a lot of godlessness and, um, and, 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 and God is, is actually coming to judge um, the godless um, Israelites and the Gentiles. And, um, you know, God is a consuming God because he is a holy God and this is the fire that... He's <coughs> talking about, you know, if you let God live in you, you know, that fire will burn um, because our God is holy. That fire will burn in us. Verse 15 goes on to read, He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, he who despises the gain of oppressors, who 
gestures with his hand, refusing bribes, who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. So here, um, the one that will turn in faith in Christ to that day will walk in righteousness and will be saved. So because um, that awful day um, where um, sin abounded, where sin is abounded, um, grace did um, much more um, abound. So, you know, here it's talking about um, people who walk in faith, who walk with Christ. Um, you know, that day they will walk in righteousness when, um, when, when, um, during the day of the Lord, when the, when the Lord actually comes. Um, so, you know, that awful day, um, is going to be abounded by a grace. Grace will surpass that awful day. You know, his own people, God's own people, God's will take care of his own. And, um, I'll drop down all the way to verse 24 which is the fourth division, and um, it's uh, it's praise to God for the final deliverance. So this is a glorious prospect held out for Jerusalem. So uh, it reads, and the inhabitants will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. So here in the fourth division, we see praise to the Lord for the final deliverance. So his people will be delivered, and, um, you know, this Glorious prospect is held out for Jerusalem, and it looks beyond the immediate hard circumstances of um, that they have actually gone through the tribulation, and um, it looks to the glorious prospects of the future. So the day when the king will be in Jerusalem and will bring peace to the earth. So only God can bring peace to the world today. So, um, because God is. Um, you know, he is our source of broad waters. You know, Jerusalem is a landlocked um, city, but um, it will be a great place when the Lord comes to reign. It will boast of the, a source of broad waters, as it says in verse 21, which reads, um, but they will be, but there the majestic Lord will be for us a place of broad waters and streams in which no galley with oars will sail, nor majestic ships pass by. For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. So here, um, chapter 34, um, this looks at the final world clash the war of Armageddon. So this chapter differs from the philosophy of the world, you know, the philosophy of modern teaching today, the philosophy of what's taught in schools, the philosophy of our world culture, the philosophy of our morals. So it differs from the philosophy of the world and it is the final world's clash. So here we um, we are done with the six woes um, of Jerusalem and now We'll be looking at the war of Armageddon. So here, my main take from today's teaching is, um, you know, um, the fact that, um, you know, looking at God's principle, 
You know, God's principle has always just been the same. It's, 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 it's never changed. You know, from the time man sinned, you know, um, you reap what you actually sow. So, um, yeah, for me, um, you know, you spoil my people, I spoil you. God doesn't want, you know, ju- the judgment of God. You know, we should be fearful of the judgment of God because the judgment of God is final. Um, but we bring that judgment upon ourselves. And um, because we always feel, you know, like we can do without God. But, you know, there's so many different examples today um, that, may, uh, that, that, that we can actually see that we cannot do without God. We always tend to make plans in our lives and leave God out of them. Um, but, you know, nothing can work without God. Um because God has a purpose in the plan for us. He's our creator. So, you know, in everything that we do, you know, no matter how small, no matter how big, um, let us involve God in, in, in all our plans. Only then, do we, if, if we believe and, and have faith and, and, and put God in our plans, only then will we um, achieve what we want to achieve. You know, we want world peace right now. But you find, you know, all these organizations and bodies that have been formed, um, there is not God in, in, in whatever plans they've made, you know. Man has been a colossal failure here on earth. Um, you know, there's been, you know, program after program for the poor. There's been uh, organizations set up for, to try and bring world peace, but nothing ever works out. Why? Because there is a moral decay in our society today because God is not in the equation. God is the minority today. But, you know, the minute we try and inv- get in- involved God in our plans, only then will we see um, us working towards um, something that actually might be great and might work but prophecy has to be fulfilled and Isaiah wrote this um, you know over a thousand years ago and you know some of the prophecy has been fulfilled and some of it is yet to be fulfilled and um, this is just how it is but um, you know as children of God today as you know as God's children today let us always always put God first in everything that we do, in our plans, in our daily walk, um, you know, because um, God will surely um, deliver us, and, um, and, and, and God is our salvation, let us always sanctify the Lord, because only He knows um, our, only He knows our, our, our purpose in life, and, you know, um, only God knows um, um the plan that he has for us so um yeah so god's principle being um you know you spoil me you spoil my people i spoil you you shall surely um you know reap what you actually sowed so you let us go out there today as christians and sow the good seed thank you all for listening in today have a pleasant day god bless and bye-bye Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know.